everybody. Welcome back to another exasperating edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game show following Bayern Munich's disappointing, that's becoming a theme now, isn't it? 1-0 loss to Lazio in the Champions League. Just an unfortunate match in so many ways. Ugh, I mean, where do you even start? It wasn't quite as frustrating as some other games that we've seen this year, but it also uh, was not all that enjoyable as well. As we do on this show, we're going to start with Thomas Tuchel's lineup. And I will have to say that when I saw the lineup, I was a little bit encouraged. I liked some of the things that he did. I'll get into why I think it didn't work in a second, but let's take a look at who he rolled out there. In goal, Tuchel went with Manuel Neuer. Center backs, he went with Kim Min-Jae and Dayo Upamakano. Outside back positions were Rafael Guerrero and Usar Mizrawi. Everything was pretty much what we expected there. There was some thought from some folks that Matthijs De Ligt would get the nod. Did not happen. Uh, De Ligt would make an appearance as a sub, but he's clearly, clearly not one of Tuchel's favorite players. And knowing that, he's probably not going to play a whole lot, although... We'll see if Tuchel decides to roll him out there for the return leg of this tie. In the midfield, Tuchel went with Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. Again, pretty standard. Alexander Pavlovich was coming off of a pretty iffy game, so we had a feeling that it would be Goretzka and Kimmich. Uh, You just had to think at this point Tuchel was going to ride what a lot of people have thought they should be doing, which is try and keep it standard, go back to some things that had worked in the past and try and and change the direction of things. Uh, in the midfield today, I thought it was up and down. I thought Kimmich was decent, did not think it was Goretzka's best effort. Uh, so we'll see what happens from that point forward. But the attack, uh, we went, Bayern Munich went with Harry Kane at striker, Jamal Musiala and Leroy Sané on the wings, Thomas Muller as the 10. So what happened to that starting 11? How did it end up this way? Uh, defensively, I thought Byron actually was fine for the most part. They had some trouble with a very energetic and feisty Lazio side. They Lazio, I give them a lot of credit for this, and it's not a cop-out. They were very good at pushing the pace on Byron, trying to be opportunistic, and basically just being a pest. They were consistently pressing Byron when they needed to put pressure on them. And in, this, in the second half, they really came out flying. So credit to Lazio. They they made this game uncomfortable for Byron in a lot of ways. What we saw from Bayern Munich was more urgency to go forward. We saw a, a lot more willingness. We saw Harry Kane really become a target man in terms of people looking to get him the ball instead of him trying to facilitate to others. Uh, I, I thought the attack had some good ideas. Execution was not quite there. There were definitely some bouts of sloppiness. I thought Leroy Zane, I thought he had a tough game. Seemed to really struggle with his footing at times. But then it was just one of those, you know, another one of those efforts like we've seen where he just wasn't that good. And again, no matter how you feel about Zane, one thing that you can say about him is when he's at his best, he's exceptional. He has not been at his best in a while. I, I attribute what's going on right now to a lot of fatigue and wear and tear, and I think he's having trouble battling through it. I think he's probably operating at you know eighty to eighty-five percent right now from that fatigue. I just he does not look like the same player, doesn't have the same explosiveness or really desire to drive forward. It, it, it's tough right now. 
And I think he as a player has been put in such a bad spot because Tuchel continues to just roll him out there. And it's become very obvious to anyone watching that this is not the same player we saw in the Hinrunda. I know Byron's struggling. I know they're coming off two consecutive losses here, but I think Zane needs, he needs some downtime. And if you don't give him downtime, I think there's, he's going to become very susceptible to an injury. And that's the last thing that this team needs. So, uh, like I said, a lot of good things. I will say this and, you know, Thomas Muller returning to the 10, I thought did a lot of positive things. There was a lot of creativity in spurts. There was a lot of aggression offensively in spurts. But one thing that really struck me was that even though this lineup theoretically should have been playing together at various points up to now in the season, there was a discomfort and, and lack of familiarity with these players in terms of what positions they were playing how to react to one another, positioning as to where some other players would be. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized Tuchel tried to do a lot of things in this match to change. He tried to put Harry Kane in, as the focus of the attack. He tried to have players emphasize getting the ball to Kane. He obviously played Musiala as a wing. He, he used Muller as the 10. And there was, again, a lot of good stuff, a lot of things you would like to see. The final product was not there by any means. And... Unfortunately for Bayern Munich, that's been something that's been uh, unfortunately prevalent of late. It has been something that, as a team, they need to start being accountable for. And, and all along throughout the season, as things have went up and down, I've been someone who has said the players definitely need to accept some responsibility. The coach, who had really not been taking on anything, needed to accept some and I still feel it's a mix. I do feel, though, now as if things are starting to go downhill with Tuchel in terms of how the players are responding to him and with Bayern Munich taking such a hard-line stance that they're going to keep him no matter what, it almost feels like this was the final nail in the coffin of defeat in terms of the players might not be happy, but the acknowledgement is there. He's not going anywhere, at least no one thinks he is. Very quickly, before we do the, the rundown on how the scoring and substitutions played out, a couple of stats about this match that you might find uh, interesting. Bayern Munich had the possession advantage, and at times it, it didn't seem like it because it, it felt like Lazio was putting pressure on Bayern, just making them uncomfortable. Uh, total shots, Bayern Munich had 17, Lazio had 11. Probably something you would expect, right? But the next stat is the one that... <laughs> It's really the telltale sign of the match. Shots on target. Lazio four, Bayern Munich nil. That's right. No shots on target. That's not good. It's not good for the coach. Not good for the players. Something's not clicking, whether it's the tactics, whether it's the performances, whether it's a mixture of the both, it's not good. And, and fans are, are pretty irate. Uh, BFW <laughs> is now a war zone with people uh, bantering about this match. It's, it's not good. There's no easy way to say it. It's There's no way to spin it. Bayern Munich's not a good team right now. So let's take a look at how things played out here in the match. The game got to nil-nil at halftime. Throughout the first half, like I said, there was some good spurs here and there, but Lazio clearly had something to play for. They had an energy that was not there a couple of years back when Bayern Munich visited uh, 
the Lazio in the Champions League. And it definitely was a different, more confident side. So going into halftime nil-nil, I thought, and this is me being a dope, that Lazio had really expended itself. I thought that they had played so hard in that first half, they were bound to have a fall off just because I felt like the energy level they played at was going to make them tired. Well, news flash to me, not every club in Syria has bad conditioning methods, I guess, because Lazio kept it up and they just did. And I I keep using this word, but it was what really struck me throughout the match. Byron was uncomfortable. They were uncomfortable dealing with Lazio. They were uncomfortable playing together. There was a lack of confidence and focus that we really haven't seen all that much from a Bayern Munich team. Uh, you see, you've seen it in spurts. You might see it a game here or there, but this looks like a prolonged slump as a team. And, and it does really beg the question is, can Tuchel get through to this group anymore? Or is this has this situation become so disjointed and such a problem that nothing's going to work? And And a lot of people might think, well, that's a little drastic, but if the team is not behind the coach and the coach has clearly alienated some key players, this might not be a situation where you can ride it out as much as Bayern Munich wants to. And I'm sure the story that broke today about Thomas Tuchel's representatives reaching out to FC Barcelona did not help his cause with the club or with the players because if the players don't think that Tuchel's committed to this project, the project that he has been really leading for the for almost a year now, it's very hard for me to think that they're going to go out and play as hard as they can for someone that they don't believe is necessarily tied into what they're doing. So very disappointing from that perspective, but we will talk a lot more about that situation on the weekend warm-up podcast later this week. The big moment of the match, though, occurred in the 67th minute, and once again, it was Dio Upamakano who found himself in the spotlight in the Champions League for all the wrong reasons. A late challenge in the box, and it was a clear late challenge, which by the rules means it is a PK. And he was assessed the red card for it, so Bayern was also down to 10 men. Chiro Mobile, a couple of minutes later, after all the dust settled, buried it for a 1-0 lead, which of course would be the final score. But Upamakano, it was an aggressive play. It was reckless. And yes, whether you like Dio Upamakano or not, it was a big mistake on a big stage. And I think Upamakano is a very talented player. I thought he was having an okay game. He hasn't quite looked like himself fully, but that's to be expected. He is only in his second game after coming back from an injury. I thought he had a very bad moment there. I don't think that that type of challenge was smart in that situation and listen it was after the shot and i totally get uh, josh and our our bfw slack channel was freaking out about it and I, I get that part of it because it's after the shot it didn't affect the play and i totally get it and it makes sense especially if you're coming from an american sports perspective because so many of the rules in various sports are based on what happens during the play not after it but in this case it was Following the letter of the law, unfortunately for Bayern Munich, that challenge was too reckless, too sloppy, and made too much contact. And no doubt it was a foul in the box. Was it worth a red card? I don't know. I probably would have given him a yellow. 
I don't think it was red card worthy, but here we are. So Immobile did what he does, buried the PK, 1-0. Tuchel reacted a couple of minutes later, brought in Matthijs Delict for Leon Goretzka, wanted some more assurance back on defense. Uh, of course, like at that point, you're still trying to win the game, but you don't want to fall into a two-goal deficit in this kind of tie. So uh, Tuchel making a smart move there to bring in Delict. In the 81st minute, we saw Eric Maxim Chupomoting come in for Thomas Muller, which, to be honest, I think it took some of the energy out of Bayern Munich because I think Muller was playing a big role. And again, I'm not a Muller apologist. We have some of those, but I'm not. But like, it's hard to argue the impact that he made today. It's hard to argue against it. They looked better in some respects. They looked more tied together. I mean, the end result wasn't there. I mean, that, let's be honest. The, the end product wasn't there. But I think Muller made a positive impact in the match. I'll be eager to see what Thomas Muller does this weekend. At the same time, in the 81st minute, Matisse Dell came in for Leroy Zane. Zane getting that rest that I keep harping on that he needs. But that is how it would end. Five minutes of additional time. Bayern Munich could not make any headway there. Very disappointing result. And to be honest, I'm not overly disappointed with the team's effort. I'm disappointed in their execution. I'm disappointed in the fact that there was such a level of discomfort among the players and how they were playing together and the passing and where they expected their teammates to be and the timing of things. It looked like a team that was still shaking off the rust from being away for the summer. And that's worrisome to me. Because this is a group of players that has played together for the most part. They've played these positions, albeit not all that much this season, when you talk about Musiala bumping out to wing. You talk about Rafael Guerrero playing left back at Bayern Munich. We know he's done it a ton in the past. But he, let's be honest, he spent most of the season playing central midfield. If you had to assess everything in the end, it, it just overall wasn't good enough. And that is a problem. Uh, you know, when Byron came out initially, there was urgency. There was a push to go forward. There's a good attacking presence. There were some good combinations, some good passing, a lot of one-touch ball, but nothing was working to get the ball in the net. And when you're mixing in you know, a slumping Leroy Zane, you're mixing in Jamal Musiala, who, again, he's also been slumping. Um, you're you're bringing two, Thomas Muller in, who has not played most of the season. You're trying to convince Harry Kane that he should be more of a target man than a distributor. There's a lot of moving parts there. And unfortunately, it's going to take a little bit of time for Bayern Munich to work this out, and they don't really have much time. Uh, they can you know, start this weekend against VFL Bochum and try and get back on track and try and get try and get a win under their belts. But at this point, it can only leave you thinking about what the hell happened to this season? How did it get here? I mean, this was a team that looked like it was set up to maybe not win the Champions League, but to definitely be in the top three or four teams in the, of the world. Right now, I'm not ready to say they've dropped out of the top 10 because I think that would be ridiculous, but they're teetering to the back end of the top 10 here. Uh, it's not good. And you can make arguments both ways. Maybe the players aren't good enough. Maybe the coach has, maybe he's not good enough. Maybe it's a combination of both. But I think all of it's legitimate to look at. And the fact that 
you know, the club's releasing blanket statements that Tuchel's fine. He's not going anywhere. But what if it doesn't get any better? What if we see the same level of, of discomfort and the lack of cohesion at times like we saw today? What if we see that this weekend? Like how much longer can it go on? And is it the coach's problem? Is it the players? Have the players given up on the coach? Has the coach given up on the players? Is the coach distracted? There are a lot of different ways to look at this situation. It's very even hard to be angry after this one. Like After Bayer Leverkusen, I was pretty angry. I wasn't happy with how they performed. I didn't like how Tuchel coached the match. In this one, I thought Tuchel went down the right road with his lineup. But if you're asking players to, to change and to play differently, sometimes it's going to take a while for that to happen. And unfortunately, the situation being what it was, he had to make this move or these types of moves in the Champions League. And even a club like Lazio, who's not having their best season, they're still a good team. And while I don't think many people expect them to win today, they sure as hell looked like they expected to win. So credit to them. Bayern Munich's going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure this out. I don't know if Tuchel's got the answers right now. I don't know if the players have the answers. I thought they genuinely tried today. It didn't work. And maybe that's the scariest thing of all. That'll wrap this show up. Uh, we will have a preview on VFL Bochum. We will also have a weekend warm-up dropping. So a lot of podcasts dropping over the next couple of days. Well, I know that's a lot for you, but listen to what you want. Try and follow along. Uh, you know, We're trying to keep everybody happy in terms of the listening audience. We got a lot of feedback that people like certain shows. So we're trying to make sure that we cover all those bases. Uh, you can always get me at the barrel blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB works or tweet Meister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams 71. You can get, I need no name at BFW you can get Siler at CYL three R check out all of our post game coverage. We're going to have our initial analysis, our observations, our awards, and a ton of reactions on this match at BavarianFootballWorks.com. We will have everything covered for you. So check it out there, drop in and comment, hit me up on Twitter. I'm always happy to interact with anyone listening. So have a good night. Have a couple of beers on me. You probably need them. We'll see you next time.